It's Sunday morning, and we are in a study on the Christ Mass. Today is the 20, is 22nd of December, and uh, I put a title up here on the board for you. These are some things that are very important. Most of the preachers in America do not go along with this, and this is something that I studied the Bible, started when I was 17 in 1956, and I studied for years. I didn't know where I was going. My father was an old country Baptist preacher. He would read four or five verses and tell stories. I had no idea what all of He'd tell stories mainly about his personal life, not about the Bible. And uh, I didn't know... I felt conviction to study. I didn't know where to start or what to do. And I would read and quit and read and quit and read and quit. Does that sound familiar? Has anybody else done that? And I'd keep forcing myself to read. And one of the things I kept noticing was Israel kept getting in trouble with these sun gods. The reason I found out that Christmas is paganism was not because I heard some preacher say it. I didn't know that it was. What is really amazing to me, and I've told the story to you many times, but I was living in Fort Worth with my parents and my brothers and sister in 1950-51. I don't remember what year it was. And I was 11, 12 years old. And my father had heard, we heard about television, and I had never seen or heard of one. Here I am, 12 years old, never seen a TV. What did we do for entertainment on Friday or Saturday night? We sat, like you see in those commercials, with our ear up to a radio, and we listened to Gangbusters or Fibber McGee Molly, and I know you don't know who that is. Uh, Ken knows, but uh, and we would listen. That was our entertainment. We heard about a guy down the street that got a television that was a movie in a house, and we, my father went out and bought one with a box about this big, and had an eight-inch screen on it, and rabbit ears, and all they had back then. They had no cable. We had rabbit ears, and we could pick up NBC and CBS. ABC had not come into, they were just trying to start building. So the only two stations we could get, NBC and CBS. And we would watch everything. We were so enamored by this. We'd turn out all the lights. It was real dark. We didn't know it was better to have a light on. Real dark looking at this one eye there and we watched everything we'd watch howdy doody you don't remember howdy do you we'd watch that we'd watch we'd, one of the things that was on back then was I Love Lucy we'd watch her in black and white we'd watch wrestling on Tuesday night that came from the sportatorium in North Fort Worth and it was so fake and phony back then really bad and we would watch the Midnight Mass. And where I really got a hold that Christmas was pagan, I started thinking of it 
watching the midnight mass. I'd only heard one thing about Christmas being pagan. I knew the Roman Catholic priests were evil, and uh, somehow my father had gone to a Baptist church to listen to a converted Catholic priest. But other than what he told us, we didn't know anything about it. And I was sitting there watching the Pope doing the Mass. It's Christmas Eve. And I'm sitting there with my analytical mind as a little kid watching that, thinking to myself, my feet didn't even touch the floor. I, me and one other boy would be the littlest guys in elementary school. And my feet didn't touch the floor. I can take you to the place. The house was at 3307 Grover Street in Fort Worth, Texas. I can take you in the front door. The couch was sitting to the right, and I was sitting on this end of the couch watching the Pope do the midnight mass. Somebody is always having to go over and adjust the horizontal hole because it go like that. And see, somebody adjust it. So they would adjust this horizontal hole. And we, I watched the midnight mass, and there's the Pope. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, is this Christ's Mass? Is that what they did? They took those two words and stuck them together, dropped an S off of it to maybe cause it to be acceptable. And I'm sitting there saying, I believe St. Nicholas, I believe his name, another name was Santa Claus, and it was, it went through an involvement going through Holland, and they called St. Nicholas Center Klaus in Holland. When it got to America, he was Santa Claus. It's St. Nicholas, and it was, it was, he was a Roman, I found out, I thought, well, he was a Roman Catholic priest or something like that. He was a Roman Catholic bishop in the fourth century. He went around giving gifts to children, and some of the historians say that he was a pedophile seducing children with gifts. He was Roman Catholic. That's not hard to understand. The priest or the priests were supposed to be uh, not they weren't married. They were not supposed to be married according to Roman Catholic rules. And it is said that the Roman Catholic Church built a brothel near the Vatican to service these priests. Now, the priests were, were very, very worldly because they were men. They either were one of two things. They were either straight or they were homosexual. When they were straight, there's a book that's put out by put out by Jack Chick Publications out of Ontario, California. You can get all these things from him. They had a book, and I have it somewhere in my library, where that uh, it's about converted priests, and they t and the women tell how the priest got them in the in the confessional and seduced them. Some of them would seduce 
the women, some would seduce the children. That's still going on today. And it seems like they have a license to do that because the Pope won't come down on them and put any kind of penalty on them that'll stop them from doing it. And they had, a, like I said, they had a place for them to go to back in early Catholic Church so that they could go service themselves with some uh, prostitute in a brothel close by the Vatican. And I'm sitting there hitting the nail on the head with this thing, with the Catholics. I wasn't taught this. Nobody told me that it was pagan. And what really convinced me of it was that I started studying the Bible at 17 and I kept finding, I kept finding the, <clears throat> I kept finding that Israel kept going after the sun and the tree goddesses. The tree was always represented by the moon and the sun was represented by the fire upon the earth the sun and tree. And I've written something up here. Christmas is the most evil sin in the Bible or in the history of the world. Israel went after other gods. That's what Christmas was. Christmas had another name 2,000 years ago. Or should I say 4,000 years ago? I've got a book here called 4,000 Years of Christmas. Of course, you realize Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, not, not 4,000. Christmas has been around under another name for thousands of years. And it was called the Feast of Saturn in Rome. Feast of Saturn, or it was called the Saturnalia, S-A-T-U-R-N-A-L-I-A. And it is the most evil that was in the world. It was Israel going after other gods. The fire god in Israel was called Baal. And Baal means the Lord. That's what the pagans called their God was the Lord. But God wouldn't allow his people to call him that. Whenever I say that Israel went after Baal and the grove or the tree goddess, the grove was, the grove, the word grove is Asherah, A-S-H-E-R-A-H. It means upright. It is the same God in Jeremiah 10, Jeremiah 10, and in Isaiah 44, and everywhere you find the grove, it's Asherah. Now, the McClinican Strong will tell you that Asherah and Ashtaroth, Ashtaroth were all the same deities. Ashtaroth, when you find Ashtart, and from Ashtart, we get Ishtar, and Ashtart was the same thing as the Ashtaroth. Ishtar 
or it was called Easter in the English world. Easter. So Easter is a part of the pagan system. And Ashtaroth is a generic name. You know what generic means. When you take a generic medicine, you take something that has the same formula in it under another name. Now, the the reason God split the kingdom of Israel was because Israel went after this system of it wasn't called Saturnalia in every area. It had many different titles. And in the ancient world, it was Baal and the Grove. It came into the Catholic Church because of two particular Caesars who said these Caesars were Numa and Gratian. And these two said, we will not wear the robes. We will not wear the robes and participate in the Pontifex Maximus. Pontifex Maximus is the title for the Pope in Vatican City. That's the title. And they said, we will not wear these robes. So what they did, these men here that were Caesars, they outlawed, they outlawed the fire worship of Rome. Fire worship. And they implemented the fire worship into the church. And that wasn't hard to do. What they did, they changed the names of the icons. An icon was a representation. Means to represent. The Greek word is I-E-I-K-O-N. That's the word in Romans 8 and 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image the word image is icon. It means representation. Representation. What represents. What they did, they took the, the niches. Now, those of you that were Roman Catholics, you know what a niche is, don't you? Gwen, you know what a niche was. She was Catholic. Uh, anybody else is Catholic. A niche is where they have an icon or a statue and you'll be walking around the Vatican or some church, some diocese, which is what they call a church area, and it will have a statue in here. And you've got statues all over the place. And what they did, they renamed those statues. They renamed, this was the deadly wound that was healed I'll give you that in just a minute that's in Revelation the 13th chapter now they took these niches and they gave Jupiter they called him Peter 
and he was the father of the gods. They took Aphrodite. Now, this is very interesting. Aphrodite, A-P-H-O, Aphrodite. I can't even spell when I'm talking. Aphrodite, or Mileta, or any number of Venus. And they would rename them Mary. That's very interesting because Aphrodite means, her very name means wrath, subduer. Wrath subduer and Malita means one that causes the wrath of her son. The word Malita means female mediatrix. A mediatrix was a female mediator. And how many mediators are there? There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So what they would do, they would, these pagan sun and tree worshipers would pray to Mileta or Aphrodite. And these, these goddesses, goddesses had another name. They called her Queen of Heaven. Who is unfamiliar with the fact that the Mary of Roman Catholicism is called the Queen of Heaven? Israel was indicted and God slandered them in Jeremiah the seventh chapter and in Jeremiah the 44th chapter. God says, I'll bring judgment on you for worshiping the Queen of Heaven of heaven in the ancient world why am I spending so much time on the female the female deity because they put more emphasis on the female deity than they did on the male deity in the ancient world they said she was represented by the moon. It was pleasant at night. The stars were in the sky. And everybody felt good about it rather than the glaring sun. The sun was like a very powerful, angry god. They, Even though they worshipped the sun and they tried to assuage the sun's wrath. But they would pray. That's why the Roman Catholics pray to Mary. We're not to be praying to Mary, but they say that Mary was conceived without sin. Without sin means that she was born. When people talk about uh, born without sin, that's the immaculate conception. Most people think the Immaculate Conception is Jesus being conceived without sin. That's not the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception is Mary being born without sin. And the Roman Catholics will tell you that. 
Immaculate Conception. Now, what amazes me, the Roman Catholics did not find out that she was immaculately conceived till about 1856. Well, why did it take them that long? Well, she wasn't immaculately conceived because they said, they said that she couldn't sin since she was immaculately conceived. She said she was a sinner. In Luke, that first chapter, when when Simeon comes to Jerusalem and he runs into Mary, and he said, God has said that I won't die until I get to see the Messiah. And he said, now salvation will come to the Gentiles. And she said, Mary replied back, My soul doth rejoice in God my Savior. I'll tell you something. I was watching Jeopardy one day. And Alex Trebek asked the people, said, asked the three, well, he put the question on the board. The person who said that salvation would come to the Gentiles in Luke, the first chapter, and they said, Elizabeth said that, and he said, correct. I went, when, before they answered, I said, Simeon said that. And the guy answered, Elizabeth, and Alex Trebek said, correct. And I'm going, no. So I opened the Bible, and I go there, and I said, Simeon said this. That showed me one thing about those quiz shows. They feed answers to those people that they want them to answer. Made me realize that about Jeopardy because I couldn't understand how can those people answer those questions that you have to dig all day long to find the answer to one of them. They have to give them books to study because he wouldn't have given that answer and would have said it was correct if they'd have got the right question. So I'm not smart on all those answers, but I was right on that. Now, where was I? So the Immaculate Conception is because they said she was Immaculate Conceived. And she said, my soul doth rejoice in God my Savior. I have to have a Savior. I'm a sinner. That's what Mary said. So this is one of the many lies of Roman Catholics right there. Immaculate Conception is not the, is not the, Mary, uh, it's not Jesus being conceived. It is about Mary. And Catholics know that, don't you? I'm talking to Gwen. I did not. You didn't know it? I thought it was Jesus. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not Jesus. It is Mary being immaculately conceived. Now, where did all this start? The reason God split the kingdom of Israel because of Christmas under the name of Baal and the Grove. I've got to give you this. I've give you, I'm going to give you where it entered the church over in Revelation 13. I'm going to show you where it was outlawed. Revelation 13. Go to Revelation 13. Christmas was, a, it's the reason for all the judgment of God upon the earth. It's about God scattering Israel. That's why he scattered them. 
it is the same reason that the World Trade Center came down. It is the reason, the reason for it is evil associations brought this all about in Israel. Who you run with is going to affect you. Look over here in Revelation 13. And I'm not the only one that says this. The, uh, these great scholars like Matthew Henry, Matthew Poole, they'll tell you this same thing. Let's look here in Revelation 13. Here's the beast in Revelation 13 and 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and the feet was the feet of a bear, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, his seed, and his great authority. You have to remember, you've got the beast here being a lion, uh, a bear, and a leopard. This is in Revelation 13. And it's the same thing in, in Daniel, the seventh chapter. It's a lion, that's Babylon. A bear, that is Persia, that overthrows Babylon. And it is a leopard. A leopard is a, I keep saying it, it's a honed killing machine. If a leopard goes after an animal or if it goes after a man, you're dead. He will kill you. He hunts at night. He hunts alone. And he hunts to eat. And he doesn't kill somebody and not eat them. That's a lion may shake you and walk away from you. A bear may maul you and you got a better chance to get away from a lion or a bear than a leopard. If a leopard comes after you, they can pick up a 150 pound man and climb to the top of a tree. And they are, and Alexander the Great was a killing machine. He went in and slaughtered this great bear, the Persian Empire. And then the last beast was the beast with iron teeth. And that was Rome. So while Rome is in charge during the days of Jesus, this is what happens right here. Here's the beast. And the Bible says, The beast which I saw was like a leopard. And his feet, his, you need to cross that out in your Bible. It's not his. It is the word A-U-T-O-U. Autu. Now, Mr. Mounts and Mr. Wallace will tell you when the word autu is used, this is a form of auto. Auto is self. It's a form of A-U-T-A-D-A. And auto is actually him. Him and her and self are forms of the same word. If it's masculine, it will be him. If it's feminine, it will be her. It'll be her. If it's auto, and the antecedent is, is neuter gender, it will be neuter gender. Mr. Mounts and Mr. Wallace tell us autu, which is this word his, can only be masculine male 
or neuter gender. And what the what makes it masculine or neuter gender is the antecedent. You see, I don't know what an antecedent is. It's real easy. An antecedent is the noun or pronoun that a noun or pronoun. A noun is a person, place, or thing. Pronoun means it takes, it's for the noun. Jim through the ball. He, or let me put it this way, she caught no. She then, then hit another ball. Well, Jim is not a she. If it's referring back to Jim, it has to have the same gender as Jim. You understand that? Anytime you've got a pronoun referring back, you have to have he. He. Is that important? It's all important. This word, he and his, all through this verse, is referring back to the beast. So whatever the beast is, he, his, and him has to carry that gender. You understand what I'm saying? The beast is the word to. Here's the beast. The beast is Tolbarion. That's the beast. So Tolbarion, you look that up and get the exact spelling out of your interlinear Bible, the Greek text, and it will tell you that it is neuter gender. So every one of those A-U-T-O-U has to be neuter. It has to be its. It's what it has to be. Are you smarter than those guys that translate the Bible? Well, in this case, I am. Because when you take an interlinear Bible, I got one over here, and you look this verse up every time it says his in your King James Bible, it will say it's in the interlinear. So here's the way it needs to read. Has to read this way. Because if you've got a beast that's a world ruling system over here in the Old Testament, and it's the same beast of Revelation 13, and it's a and it's a world system which is an it. It has to be an it over here, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. Somebody tell me. If it's an it over here, it's got to be an it over here. Am I right? Yes. Did you pay attention? <laughs> yeah. He said, right. All right. Now let's read this again. Let me read it the way it should read. The beast, Totherion, neuter gender, 
which I saw was like unto a leopard, and its feet, the beast's feet, was the feet of a bear, and its mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave it its power, its seat, and its great authority. The word dragon, dracon, doesn't mean a fire-breathing dragon in King George Day or, or in England. Dragon is the word dracon. And it means to fascinate. It has the basic same meaning as the word serpent in Genesis 3 and 1. Serpent. Serpent and the dragon, basically the same thing. Serpent is the word nakash, N-A-C-H-A-S-H. It comes from a word with the same spelling that means to enchant. It means to enchant. When you fascinate, you enchant. When the, when the tall, slinky woman comes in with a beautiful body and the men are sitting there, and they're looking at her. She is enchanting them. And one writer said it means to kill with the eye. Kill with the eye. Well, that's one of our problems, isn't it? We're being killed with the eye. Now, let's get back to this where the where this comes into the Catholic Church. Look here in verse 3. And I saw one of its heads. It's still an it. If you don't know what a head is, you remember in the first part of this, I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns. I'm not going to go into the ten horns, but the seven heads. A head, when you look up, in the McClinican Strong, you look up head, or you look up heavens, heavens or horns, it'll tell you that heavens was a ruling class ruling class you know how much information you get out of the McClinic and Strong it's unbelievable and a head was a capital city capital city and a horn was a ruling power ruling power and the Bible says in Zechariah the first chapter, there were four horns that brought Israel into captivity. The lion, the, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the beast with iron teeth. That's the four horns. Now when you get back over here to this verse, I saw one of the capital cities. This is really something else. One of the capital cities as it were wounded to death. This is not somebody getting shot in the head. When John Kennedy was killed, everybody swore since he was a Roman Catholic. I was 24. Me and Lee Harvey Oswald were the same age. 
the one that shot him. Now, just because I'm his age don't mean I shot him. <laughs> and, but uh, they said John Kennedy was going to rise from the dead. Some of the goofy right-wing uh, Baptist wackos said he's going to rise from the dead. He's the beast. First of all, it's not a man. It's a it. And then he says... And I saw one of its heads as it were wounded to death. It is believed, and I believe it, that the death was the death of the fiery Roman Empire. When these, when Gratian and Numa refused to wear the robes, and they put it into the Catholic Church, they put it into the Roman Catholic Church, the RCC, and they outlawed the fire worship. And it became Roman Catholicism. That's when they changed those icons' names and changed Peter of Jupiter to Peter and and uh, Aphrodite being a wrath subduer. That's why they pray to Mary because she's supposed to subdue the wrath of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't have wrath. The Father has wrath. Jesus has mercy on his saints. Now... And I, this is what amazes me. One of the heads is wounded to death. Well, you get over to the 17th chapter and you get into the same head. You get into this, uh, the seven heads. Well, he says down here in verse 8, the beast that I saw was and is not. It means... It is not because it was outlawed. I'm trying to show you how Catholicism came into the Catholic Church. Ascend out of the bottomless pit, a place of no knowledge, and go into perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet now is. It is not because it's dead but it don't mean somebody's going to shoot some man in the head or stab him with a knife in the head. The head is a capital city that's been stopped and it started again and now it is because it comes back in the form of Roman Catholicism. Roman Catholicism has polluted the entire world. We've got all their holidays, their unholy days. We've got their rituals, their customs. And the Bible says we're not to be doing their customs at all. That's what the scripture says. And it's talking about, here's the mind that has wisdom. In verse 9 of chapter 17. The seven heads are seven mountains. A mountain was a capital city are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Now, get this. People say, well, it has seven heads and ten horns, and one of the heads was wounded to death. And then you get over here, and, and it says the seven heads are seven mountains, and people say, this is the seven hills of Rome. You mean one of those hills was wounded to death? Somebody went out there and started hacking the hill with a with a pitchfork and all of a sudden blood comes running out all over the hill I'm trying to be 
sarcastic with these so-called scholars that say, well, the seven heads are seven mountains, and one of the mountains was wounded to death. It's talking about the reinstitution of fire worship into the Roman Empire, and they gave the Pope the same title, the same title that they had in the Roman, in the fire worship of the Roman Empire, Pontifex Maximus, Maximum High Priest, and they gave that to the Pope. In Pope means Papa. They say he's the head of all the church, and that's not true. Now, where did all this start? Well, it started, you've got this paper that I've given you, if you brought it back with you. These are many of the, these are many of the tree goddesses and fire gods and moon gods that Israel went after, Baal and the grove. Balaam means it's plural. There's more than one. I, Jeremiah said Israel had a god on every street. They had a god up at the head of the street that could offer their sacrifice and appease these gods. You got the grove over here every time the grove is mentioned. There's things on the grove I've got to read to you. This I am not trying to be crude, but this is very interesting. If I can find it, I've got a stack of stuff here. All right, hold on. I could just tell you this. They tell you that these tree gods and fire gods were all the same. It don't matter where you went and what culture you went into, I can't find the paper. That the Ashtaroth, the Ashtart, was Venus. She was worshipped. Venus was worshipped in the form of a triangular cone. Venus, when you see Venus de Milo, that was an invention of the last few hundred years. The one that's Venus in the Louvre in Paris, the world famous museum, and she doesn't have one arm or something. That's a late development. The, the ancients tell us that Venus was worshipped in a form of a triangular cone, like so. They say in the McLennan Strong under Ashtaroth, R-S-H, Ashtaroth, they will say, she was worshipped at the base in a, she would just slowly graduate to a cone. That's how she was worshipped, like this. Jeremiah 10 says, they, deck, they cut a tree out of the forest. They deck her with silver and gold. They put her on a platform because she has to be born and she moves not. Mr. Layard. Layard was one of the famous archaeologist of the first half of the 1800s.
Layard, you can actually get the reprint of his book, Layard's Nineveh. He went over there and did all of these excavations. Layard's Nineveh. He brought, did all these excavations, and he says, since they worshipped all of these deities in the stars, and the word Ashtar, or Ishtar, are forms of the word Star. Star is the word aster in the Greek. And so he says, Mr. Layard says, they put a star on the top of Venus. And they say something, I'm not trying to be crude, but this is what they tell us. They tell us in the McConnick and Strong and several other articles that this what they worshipped. This was sex worship. Everything stood for some sexual thing. And they tell us that this was the phallic symbol of the woman or the pubic triangle. That's what you're worshiping when you worship the tree. That the male, when you see steeples of any kind, that's the male genitalia. We are involved in something so crude. And if you don't like this, you don't like the history of the Bible. It's the truth. In fact, if you got McClinic and Strong, I challenge you to look up Ashtart and Ashtaroth and read the whole article on him. Now, where did all this begin? Well, you got to take your Bell in the Grove paper, and you can start up here in Numbers 22 and 41. That's when they were coming through the wilderness after 40 years. They went through a, a area of Moab. Moab is just south. It's southern, what we call southern Jordan. Moab, if this is Israel, here's the Mediterranean Sea, here's Israel, right above Israel is what we call Lebanon. Lebanon is one of the words for moon in the Bible. So that comes from moon worship which was representative of the tree. And I've got much more to say on that. This was also called Tyre and Sidon in the ancient world. Tyre and Sidon. Well, when they were coming back out of the, out of the, out of this Sinai Peninsula, that little tongue right there, they spent 40 years in there. When they were coming out, they're coming over here through what we call Jordan. Jordan is right next door to Israel. Israel is on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. 
they were going through Jordan and that's what they called Moab in that day I don't know if I can draw this right they come to Moab southern Jordan and they come through an area where they had a mountain that they called Peor and Baal Peor was that area and they worshiped Baal there Israel has been out here in the desert for 40 years and coming home they go through Baal Peor and pick up Baal and take it back into Israel on their way and right above the Dead Sea they cross the Jordan River it comes out of the Sea of Galilee in the north it empties into the Dead Sea it's called the Dead Sea because it's a salt sea just like out there in Utah just like the Salt Lake you can lay down in it and float not drown because of the buoyancy there in the Salt Sea so it comes down here and they cross the river and on their way back in they picked up a God on their way and that's where Christmas comes from let me show you where it really started entering into Israel the reason for these sun and tree gods is why God split the kingdom into two kingdoms he split it into northern Israel and southern Judah he split the kingdom because and I have wrestled with this did God have some reason he had Solomon do this he split the kingdom into northern Israel which was called Samaria or it was called Ephraim or Joseph long after they are all dead when the Bible speaks of Joseph as a nation or Ephraim as a nation Ephraim was the second born son of Joseph so Joseph and Ephraim are the same thing and Samaria would be another name and that would be northern Israel southern Judah most people don't know why God split the nation in two they don't know why it's like so what he split the ownership belonged to Joseph through his son Ephraim in Genesis the 48th chapter southern Judah out of Judah would come the king Judah was, was comprised out of out of Judah came the king and and southern Judah Judah was the name of the southern kingdom and they named that after the fourth son of Jacob of course Jacob's name was changed to Israel over there in Genesis the 32nd chapter 32nd chapter but southern Judah was comprised of the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin probably because the first king 
God was the first king, but when the people said, give us a king there in 1 Samuel the 8th chapter, the first king was Saul out of the tribe of Benjamin. The second king all the way to Jesus was out of Judah. Perhaps he reserved a tribe for Saul. Now, what I want to do is take you over where this all came into Israel. The reason God split Israel because Israel under Solomon. It amazes me. Solomon gets the commandment of God to rebuild or to build a temple in 1 Kings, the third chapter. He prays his prayer and said, I am I'm just a small man. I know not how to rule this thy so great a people. Lord, give me wisdom. And God said, Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you riches and wealth like you wouldn't believe. He was the richest man in all of the Bible. Now, I'm amazed. He finishes building the temple of God in that ninth chapter. And in the 11th chapter, one of the first things I want to do when I get to heaven, I want to go to Solomon and say, why did you do what you did? I don't understand. You're a wonderful man. He wrote, song, he wrote Song of Solomon's, which is called the Catechals. He wrote Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. When he wrote Ecclesiastes, he said, I've gotten everything I wanted. I've got men singers, women singers, and maid dancers, and pools of water, and all kinds of fruit, and gold, and silver, and everything my heart wanted. And he said, it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. One of the writers says vexation means to grab for the wind. He said, all I was doing with a thousand wives was grabbing for the wind. They could not fulfill all my sexual desires. And that's why God split the kingdom. Let's go over here to 1 Kings. This is a very important chapter. 1 Kings. I don't know how to teach Christmas without teaching the history of Israel. You can't. First Kings. This is the chapter you need to always go to when people say, why did God split the kingdom? This chapter right here. Split it into two nations. Northern Israel, Samaria, and southern Judah. So anytime... You're reading in the prophets about Joseph or Ephraim. It's talking about northern Israel. When Hosea is just ripping Ephraim apart because of in Ephraim. Gosh, how can I say this and make you really get a hold of it? Ephraim was ruled by these kings here. And the guy that brought Christmas into Israel permanently, I say this is when Israel went Roman Catholic. The guy that brought it in was Ahab. He was the king of Ephraim or the king of northern Israel at one point. And he reached out to a woman outside of Israel up here in 
Tyron Sidon married her, Jezebel, and brought her gods down into northern Israel. That's how Israel started getting polluted. It was by evil associations when, when Ahab marries Jezebel. She brought her father's gods. Her father was Ethbaal. Ethbaal. Ethbaal means with Baal. With Baal. But you can't forget, there was two places that propagated sun and tree worship more than anywhere else in the Old Testament. Tyre and Sidon and Babylon down here on the Euphrates River. The mother of it all was Babylon, and somehow Ethbaal became a priest of Baal and a priest of the of Ashtaroth, or priest of the grove. I'll just put A-S-T. He became a priest of all this, and it worked its way down into Israel through Ahab marrying Jezebel. But that comes in 1 Kings, the 16th chapter. This is an amazing thing. Ahab brought it into northern Israel as, as a system, a permanent system. It was Solomon that caused Israel to go after Baal and the grove and Ashtaroth. And it tells you all about that right here in this chapter. And this is why God splits the, the kingdom into two. He puts the king in the south and the inheritance in the north. And without the inheritance there, during the days of Jesus, Jesus, only southern Judah was back from the captivity. Only the two southern tribes. Ephraim wasn't there. That was the son of Joseph. The northern Israel was called the ten lost tribes. Only southern Judah received the seventy or the four decrees to come back and rebuild the temple. That was in that was in the land of Benjamin. That's probably one of the reasons he was numbered with southern Judah. The temple was in Benjamin. It wasn't even in southern Judah. It was not here anywhere. Look here at this map. Benjamin, Jerusalem. Right there in Benjamin. So if Judah, Jerusalem is in the land of Benjamin, God had to keep him numbered with the four decrees were concerning Jerusalem in the land of Benjamin, the eleventh son of Jacob. So they were given these decrees to rebuild the temple, which was in Jerusalem, and to rebuild the city, which was Jerusalem. So that's in Benjamin. So he has to be numbered with southern Judah. Let's read the beginning of a permanent this is not the first time Baal and the Grove is mentioned. I can't believe what Solomon did. Let's read it. In verse chapter eleven, verse one. But King Solomon loved many strange women 
Strange doesn't mean weird. The word is nokri, N-O-K-R-I-Y. It means foreign. Why was he marrying all these foreign women? Usually when a king wanted to form some kind of alliance with the people around him, he would marry one of their daughters, bring them into the kingdom. That way, whenever uh, he got into got it out with her father, they could kind of settle things down. He probably married all these women because of that. But did he have to do that to conquer them? No. What did he have to do to conquer his enemies? Keep God's laws and obey his statutes and his commandments according to Deuteronomy the 28th chapter that's how you that's how you beat your enemies if you're a believer that's all he had to do but instead he marries all of these crazy women that are sun and tree worshippers I'm astounded at that because nobody had ever done that to Israel he married many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh. What is she going to bring in? Amun-Ra. All the gods of Egypt. Hundreds of them. She brought in Osiris, Isis, and the list goes on and on. Women of Moab. What? Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, Hittites, all these ites around them, they were all sun and tree worshippers. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them. People say, but we don't do Christmas that way. God don't care how you do it. He said, don't do it at all. What gets me, hold your place here. And go over here to the 18th chapter of Leviticus. Notice what God says. He never does say, don't worship their gods. Israel knew who God was. They knew their God was Jehovah God. Why did they go after these other gods? Their other gods, they could write their own laws in their other gods' hearts and say, my God doesn't require anything of me. I can make all the money I want. And particularly, my God does not require sabbatical years, one year every seven years. Sabbatical year is very important. You don't have to... We don't have to take one year off and not plant or harvest anything in that seventh year. That's a lot of the reason. Over and over again, God says Israel has to be carried away into Babylon for 70 years until the land, and this, this is a statement that it says, says it in Second Chronicles, the 36th chapter, till the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. 
the land has to keep its Sabbaths because you can't plant something every year. That was one of the great resentments of Israel. We're not going to take one year off out of seven. Moses, you've got to be out of your mind to think we're going to do that. All right. Let's get back over here to Solomon. Well, wait a minute. I've got to read this in the 18th chapter of Leviticus. <coughs> this is amazing. It's talking about sun worship and tree worship and all that through this chapter. And it says in verse 29, Whosoever shall commit any of these abominations... Abomination is an interesting word. I love the Greek word for abomination. It's the word... It's a word that means to stink. Delegma. B-D-E-L-U-G-M-A. This is the word. B-D-L-U-G-M-A. Delegma. It means to stink. We get the word B-D-A-E. Bidet. A bidet is where you wash your bottom, wash the stink off of it. God says, that's what this is to me. These abominations. Then he says, I love this verse here. Even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Cut off doesn't mean separated. It means killed or destroyed. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance, my kukwa, C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H, C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H. It means my rituals, my customs. And notice something he doesn't say here. He does not say, don't worship their gods. He says, I don't want you keeping their customs. I don't want you putting up a tree. I don't want you putting holly around your, your I'm not talking to you. But <laughs> I, I don't want you putting holly around your houses. I don't want you singing carols. Do you know that most of the Christmas carols were written by Roman Catholic priests? Silent Night was written by Roman Catholic priests. Now what does that have to do with Jesus? What, it has to, what does it have to do with a resurrected Jesus? Did you know that they had a form in every one of these cultures of the mother with babe in arms? They called and in in uh, Canton, China, they have a, a mother of the gods and she has a babe in arms and her name is Quan Yin. And they call her Madonna. If you go to Quan Yin, China and you speak of Madonna, they're going to say to you, which one? And Madonna means Our Lady. 
And a lady in the ancient world was the same thing as a lord among the men. It means Our Lady the Ruler. That's what Madonna means. Now, let's finish reading this. He says, Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. He didn't say don't serve their gods. I don't want you to keep the customs of the heathen. You got that? Anything I said it last week. I'll celebrate Christmas for you if you drop everything pagan about it. First of all, drop the name, Christ Mass. If you drop that, get rid of the trees, get, get rid of the decorations, get rid of the gift giving. They did that at the Feast of Saturn because the sun was gaining light again and it was being reborn. The sun was going, undergoing... You know, Christmas has to do with reincarnation. I can't go from one subject to the other without getting all of this. Let me erase this. I can't get to one subject to the other without changing the subject. There's so many things on this. The sun had to be reincarnated reincarnation they had a word for that they called it trans migration they had to migrate to another body that's where people that believe in reincarnation they believe you come back as a bug or a cow or a dog they transmigrate they said the sun had to be reincarnated every year. December the... I'll go ahead and erase some of this up here so I can... This is the reincarnation of it. The sun would be going through... The earth is going in its orbit around the sun and the sun looks like that is getting dimmer and dimmer. I've put this on the board so many times, but this is so important to understand this. This is why they worship the sun, and they said the sun had to be reincarnated. Let me move this out of the way. I wish I could say this all at once, but I can't. I don't know how. I can talk about this forever, standing up here, and I don't know you all can't stay that long, can you? The sun is at its brightest on June the 21st, and that's the summer solstice. But it looks like the sun is dimming more and more as the earth is going in its path around the sun. And it's going around and around the sun. This is what brought about Christmas from the pagans' viewpoint. It looks like, here it is, if this is the summer solstice here, as we're moving around the sun, and when the sun is, the sun, the earth tilts at 23 and a half degrees. 
when it gets around here where the north northern hemisphere is away from the sun you're in dead of winter you are at the winter solstice the sun is getting dimmer and dimmer that's because we're moving through this ecliptic path and we get over here you get around here to winter solstice and they said the sun had to be reborn again and again and again and again every year that's called reincarnation or they called it transmigration so the sun has to get to a place where it starts brightening again after the 21st. Now I read it on the internet and they said the first day after the winter solstice on the 22nd, the sun begins to gain 30 seconds a day. And then just it becomes more and more it may be 60 seconds after a few days and then more and more and it grows till it gets down here to the spring equinox this has to, you think those people didn't study the stars they absolutely studied them they geared their life according to the stars and they came up with this feast of Saturn at Rome and they came up with worshiping at the Celts they had the they had the death of the crops and they called it evil gods was killing the crops Hades and Styx and and the list goes Pluto these were the evil gods and the good gods or these were the evil demons and the good demons was Hercules and he was going to go down to the underworld and fight these evil demons and bring the crops back at their due time in the spring. But the sun had to be reborn, reincarnated over and over and over again because the pagans didn't know what to do with the earth. First of all, they didn't know nothing about the earth being on its axis and going around the sun. It was Copernicus that claimed that. And they put him to death for that. They believed that the earth was sitting still up until Copernicus. And these people invented all of this. So the sun's got to be reborn over and over and over again. You must be born again and again and again and again and again. And that was their way. Now let's get back here to Solomon. Bringing this all into Israel. Well, did I, did I finish reading that? Therefore shall you keep my custom which were committed before you, that you defile not yourselves therein. Don't keep their rituals of any kind. Don't stick up any Christmas trees, any phallic symbols in your house. It's sex worship. That's what all the pine tree worship was. I... Everything they did in ancient Rome had to do with sex worship. <coughs> I don't mean to be crude. I'm just trying to tell you these things are the truth. You see these here? 
That's supposed to be the male phallus, just like a steeple on a church. Right here. They put them in the middle of everything. Maybe you'll get ashamed of wanting to be a part of it. We don't even need to resemble this paganism. I got this book. I've been meaning to read from it. 4,000 years of Christmas. It's been around a lot longer than Jesus. It is the very thing that got Israel in trouble, got them scattered all over the world, and because Israel was scattered for 2,600 years, until they became a nation May 14th, 1948, they were scattered in 586 B.C. in southern Israel. And the reason they were scattered was because northern Israel, when it was ruled by Ahab, he brought the sun and tree worship into Israel. And then it, because of evil associations, it came down into southern Judah. That's another story. Get to that later. Let's read this. 1 Kings 11. This is something I don't even understand Solomon for what he did. It's crazy. He wanted, he either liked a lot of women or he was trying to get along with the enemy kings. He married all these Pharaoh's daughter and Moabites and Ammonites and Edomites and Sidonians and Hittites. They're nothing but pagans is all they are. You can forget their names. Don't try to figure out their names. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Christmas will turn your, way, your heart away from Jehovah God. Solomon clave unto them in love. You know, I don't believe that's agape. I believe he clave unto them in lust. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines. A concubine was a secondary wife, and he had sex and children by all these women. And he said, nothing satisfies me. You think, I was talking to Dan Doyle up in, up in Wisconsin yesterday. He said, my father used to tell me when I was young, no matter what you accomplish, you can never be happy with it. They run a concrete company. They build things like Kmart, Walmart, build those huge buildings. He he told us how they pour concrete on a on a uh, slant and how they keep it from running. I said, "You got to know a lot to do that." He said, "Yeah," but he said, "I'm learning in my fifties that none of it means anything. No matter what you accomplish, I've learned that. I'm going to die here in the next probably nine years. I'll be ninety in nine." Nine and a half years. Most men do not live to be 90. 
especially somebody that's had two heart attacks, uh, prostate cancer. I've had so many things. Most people don't live that long. You don't say, Jim, you're going to live uh, 110 years old. I don't want to be 110. I'll be falling all over myself. <laughs> you're kidding. I probably won't be here in my early 90s. But I'll be looking forward. I'm looking forward right now to going to be with Jesus. I found out nothing in this world is of any consequence. Nothing. Things don't matter. If you get old enough, you'll find out, well, I don't have long to live. Why do I need to decorate myself? I used to decorate myself with fancy clothes, with diamond rings, all kinds of jewelry. Do you actually think when somebody was as beautiful as Elizabeth Taylor was when she was young, she was 20, that a diamond ring can make her prettier? No. You actually think a fancy car can make somebody like that, a super handsome guy, can make him better looking? No. And some of these stars, they got to get big diamond rings and big fancy clothes and everything they can buy. And there's no way that can satisfy. No way. Have you ever noticed the more you buy, the more you want to buy? I don't, I've said this, I wear these colored shirts, they show up against the backboard. I never wear these out in public, never. They're just to show up against the backboard. That's all they're for, or the whiteboard. I wear t-shirts that says something on them. I wear them in the winter, just in case I take, and I wear an old shirt over them. I usually wear the same shirt every day for six or eight months. Because I don't care how I look anymore. I care what I say. And when I get through saying these things about predestination, Christmas, pagan, people are not going to say, well, you're just crazy, Jim Brad, but I sure do like your shirt. <laughs> they ain't going to care what you look like when you get through witnessing to them, are they? You say, I just want to be clean and smell good, that's all. So I can be pleasant to people. Let's read on. He had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Solomon. Great King Solomon. How Solomon. And it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, the same thing as the grove. The Sidonians right above Israel where Ahab got married Jezebel. And after Milcom, another term for Moloch. The abomination of the Ammonites. Ammonite was northern Jordan. Southern Jordan was Moab. They were right next door. And God is going to be unhappy with these people that pollute Israel. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. Boy, that is a statement because 
God loved Solomon. Not he and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Then did Solomon build in high place for Shemosh, the sun god of Moab, southern Jordan. The word Shemesh is the word sun in the Hebrew. Shemesh. Comes from, we get Shemosh from that. The abomination of Moab in the hill that is before Jerusalem. The hills outside the city were called the high places. And that's where they kept their Venus gods. That's where they kept... I can't give you all this picture all at once in one lesson. Can you see that? It's too much to it. It's one great big picture. I painted the picture on a message I watched on TV the other night. It was 39-33. And I went through the tongues. I went through the 70 weeks of Daniel. Went through all of this. I said, I don't know if I can do that again. Where was I? And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods, and he allowed it to come into Israel. <coughs> he didn't do something that Ahab did in the 16th chapter of this same book. Ahab brings Baal in the grove in and makes it the national god and goddess of northern Israel, and builds temples for them in northern Israel, and all the Levites head south. And it was because of this, which is Christmas under another name in the ancient world, that God destroyed Israel and scattered them all over the world. Can you see that? You think Christmas is okay? No, it's not. The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods but kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore, the Lord said unto Solomon, Forasmuch as that is done of thee, thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will rend. Take the kingdom away from you, Solomon. I'm going to give it to your neighbor that's better than you. From thee and will give it unto thy servant. What he's talking about is the kingdom, the inheritance of the kingdom. Up to Solomon, it was one nation. And because Solomon got involved in all this sun and tree worship, which was Christmas under another name, in the ancient world, God splits the kingdom. Northern Israel is here. Anybody can be king of northern Israel. It was Jeroboam I that instituted golden calf worship in Israel. Don't want to go into that right now. Another story. But... The kingdom was split because Solomon, he allowed his wives to keep worshiping sun and tree gods. Brought it into Israel. And God gives the kingdom 
He gives this northern Israel is ruled by Ephraim. That's the same thing as Joseph, the same thing as Ephraim, the same thing as Samaria. And it was Ahab in the 16th chapter that brings this Baal in the grove in from Tyre and Sidon and sets it up in northern Israel. And it finally comes down to southern Judah. How? These are all sons of David. When you go to Solomon, the son of David, he's of the tribe of Judah. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. He's of the tribe of Judah. Abijah is the son of Rehoboam, the tribe of Judah. Asa is the son of Abijah. Jehoshaphat is the son of Asa. Jehoram is the son of Jehoshaphat. And so forth all the way down to the last king of southern Judah. This set calls this the surviving kingdom. That's because they survived after northern Israel was carried away because they get just solely, completely immersed in this sun and tree worship in northern Israel. That was Christmas. That was brought into the church, sun and tree worship. You cannot understand the Bible and believe anything that's true by celebrating Christmas. It's the most evil thing in the Bible or in the world. It's, it's Israel going after other gods. There's nothing worse than that. And completely disobeying God. You think God's pleased with that? I keep saying at Christmas is Christ Mass. It's the Mass of Roman Catholicism. It's in the very word. That's what bothered me at 11 years old back in 1950 when I was watching the TV. I'm going, Christmas, Christ Mass. Is that Christ Mass? Did they separate? They pulled the two words together and make it one word and drop an S so it'll kind of disguise it and sell it to the people? I'm going out of time. But the kingdom had been given to Joseph especially Joseph's son Ephraim in that 48th chapter of Genesis. And here is where it's happening right here. I'm going to take the kingdom away from you. Notwithstanding in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of your son Rehoboam. And it's Rehoboam that causes this kingdom to split but the kingdom splits because of Solomon's double-mindedness. God says, I'm going to make Rehoboam make it split. Rehoboam starts to attack. Jeroboam goes down here. Jeroboam is, he's not, Jeroboam is not uh, a brother of Rehoboam because their names sound alike. He's the commanding general for Rehoboam. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. When Rehoboam becomes king, he's trying to do something about this thing of his father. Well, the old men come to Rehoboam. They tell him, quit being so hard on the people. Solomon has been exacting so many taxes from them. It's destroying their feeling for the king. You're going to have to be easier he said, your father chastises us with whips. Be easy on us. Well, Rehoboam 
listens. He calls in his young buddies. He's a young man. And he calls in his high school friends and says, Hey, the old men come to me and tell me to be easy on Israel because my father Solomon built the kingdom and taxed them to death. What do you think? They say, if you tell them you're king. You're the king. You do what you want to do. And he listens to these dumb kids. And so he says, he tells Jeroboam, his commanding general, this. Jeroboam takes ten of the tribes and goes north. Rehoboam gets his army together and says, I'm going to attack Jeroboam up north. And a prophet comes to Rehoboam and says, No, this is of the Lord. You don't attack Rehoboam. You don't attack Jeroboam. So Jeroboam comes up and says, what am I going to do? The people will go back south and they'll join Rehoboam if I don't do something. So he builds a golden calf. This is how the golden calf got in. He builds a golden calf. He doesn't say the golden calf is God. He just simply reduces Jehovah to a golden calf and said, Behold, the God that brought you out of Egypt. He said, That will keep them up north and keep them from going south. So that was the split of the kingdom under Rehoboam. And I'm out of time. I got other stories that go along with this. I got to tell you the story about Ahab and Jehoshaphat. How Jehoshaphat runs around with Ahab. Jehoshaphat is a good, godly man, and Ahab is a heathen. You run around with the wrong people, and you get all of this stuff in your life that you don't want. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to have to come back and take you to the 16th chapter of this same book and show you how Ahab makes northern Israel a sun and tree worship nation. What if I said a Roman Catholic nation before it's called Roman Catholic? It's This is where the sun worship comes from. And whether you like it or not, it's the very thing that God caused Israel to be scattered all over the earth. It's the very reason for the World Trade Center to come down. And I'll go into that next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for truth. Help us to understand this has been a story going on for thousands of years. This has nothing to do with our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Thank you for truth. Help the church to understand. Give me the ability to say it to them where it's very clear where they can see it. You've caused me to spend my life in it. And Lord, I, I thank you so much for that. I want the truth whether anybody believes it or not. Thank you for your word. Give the church strength to digest these words.
fight our battles for us. Lead us to your elect family in Christ's name. We pray, amen. I'm sorry I couldn't get to more than I got to. It's just there's so much there.